Hi, my name is Chris Jensen, and this is my life, and welcome to it. Today is Saturday, October 10th, and in this episode of Chasing After God, I'm going to be talking about astrology. And it's not astrology like you might be used to. I mean, a lot of people are familiar with the old, uh, you know, newspaper or magazine astrology, where if you're a certain sign, they're telling you the astrology for the day. Well, that's, that's journalism, and uh, it's meant to sell newspapers, but it's not respectable astrology. When you get into astrology, what I learned right away was there's far more to it than just what my sign is. And when we say my sign, what that means is where in the zodiac, which are the 12 signs, right? Where was the sun in the sky at the time and place where you were born? That's called your sun sign or your sign. So when I was born, the sun was in the Sign of of uh, the sign of zodiac. I can be so stupid sometimes. The sign of Pisces. So I'm a Pisces. And as I got into the astrology, I learned that each planet is in a sign when you're born, and that's all very important. And the geog geom geometrical uh, angles of the planets are significant. So if when you're serious about astrology, you actually have a chart drawn up and it's circular. It's got all the 12 signs and all the planets. Um, it's got what are called houses. And so one of the things that's important is called the ascendant. And it's not quite the horizon, but it's called the rising sign. And it's the sign that was rising on the, on the horizon at the time you were born. I guess that's the closest I can, I can describe it. And so it's quite involved. It's quite involved. Uh, I had no idea what I was getting into. So... Many of my experiences in chasing after God happened at the same time, concurrently. So, um, the astrology piece took place right around the same time as the Kundalini Yoga did. As I explained in the previous episode, um, soon after the sage experience and meeting Gavin for the first time. Uh, he gave us 
the option, those of us that were in that particular lifeboat, the little group of us, he gave us the option of having our astrology charts drawn up. I'd never done anything like that, and I was into new things. So I said, sure. And he also offered um, to do a class. And there's a, there was a fee for the class. And at the end of the class, um, we all got a uh, cassette tape. It was recorded. And I actually have that somewhere. And so that'll, I'll look for that. And if I do, I'll, I'll play some of it. I'll include some of it at the end of this episode. In any event, I signed up, paid my fee. And it was a Thursday night. It was a Thursday night class. And I showed up. I didn't know Gavin all that well, except for that one weekend. And I had no idea who these other folks were. And they were students. Um, there's uh, the School of Psychological Studies run by my friend Gavin and my to-be friend, John Ruskell, and a bunch of students. And so for the next couple of hours anyway, hour, I don't know how long it was exactly. They talked about me and uh, I have no trouble with that. Obviously, I'm doing this whole podcast series about me and it was very illuminating and enlightening. And it was very timely too because I had begun within the last year or two to really try to find what I can only call um, my way to God by learning all these things that I was never allowed to learn growing up in the church. It was a time of transition. It was a time of, of exploration and embracing uh, new things. And, you know, a lot of astrology, when I would think about it in times past, I would lump in with things like fortune-telling, that, uh, you know, astrology was supposed to tell you when things were favorable for making decisions or um, make, placing bets or, you know, life events, what's going to happen in the future, a form of fortune-telling. Well, the astrology that I was getting exposed to was transformational astrology. It's a completely different way of looking at the signs, the zodiac signs and the planets and their relationships. And um, it's something I'd never even you know, heard existed before. Not about making predictions, not about foretelling the future, but about unraveling your own life, some of the events growing up, who you are right now, and some of the um, opportunities that we have going forward. And I was on, um, I had just passed a big one, which I'll talk about. It's called the Saturn Return. And I was about to enter into an even bigger one which I'll talk about a little bit.
So it was very timely. I was so impressed with the reading and the analysis of what my chart had to say that I enrolled in the classes just to learn myself. Because it wasn't just, you know, learning what the planets and the signs meant from a traditional astrological perspective. It was about understanding what the planets symbolized. And we got into archetypes. Archetypes were used a lot in Jungian psychology, and the archetypes are hard to explain exactly, but they are psychological constructs that reside deep within our own unconscious. Each planet has a mythology around it, and those mythologies are part of the archetype, such as Mars being the god of war, right? So that's an archetype. Or let's say um, Saturn. Saturn is Kronos or time, father time, um, which is an archetype. And all these archetypes, you can go deeper into them because they've been fully fleshed out by many people. The first person that I was exposed to from a learning ex uh, experience, he'd, he'd written a book. Uh, it was someone that Gavin had met, I believe, uh, when he had come to the United States. And just as a little note, my conversation with Gavin, which we had a great conversation, will be in the next episode. But in any event, he met a fellow by the name of Stephen Arroyo. And Stephen had written a book which was groundbreaking in a lot of ways. And it, the title of the book is Astrology, Karma, and Transformation. And what Stephen did was he went through all the archetypes and all the relationships and began to look at them from a psychological point of view. What did they mean? What were the bits and pieces that we could tease out of a person's life by looking at the relationship of the planets and where they were located in the sky at the time and place they were born? He also wrote a book called Astrology, Psychology, and the Four Elements. And every sign has an element attached to it, which were fire, earth, air, and water. And each element has its own psychological archetypes, right? So water, let's say, so water would be what? Water would be Cancer. Water would be Scorpio and then Pisces. And water tends to have an emotional component. It tends to have maybe a more spiritual side. Not that the others don't, but water elements can sometimes be very in tune with these things. So, that's just an example. Um, 
one of the things I learned that was something to really focus on were the three major components of a person's star chart. Let's call it a star chart. And those were the sun and the moon and the ascendant. Those are the three big components in a chart, which tells you about the individual. And um, when, so here's the thing. The astrological chart is like a snapshot, right? It's where everything was at the moment you were born in the place you were born. Because, you know, as you move around on the planet, the position of the other planets and the stars move in relationship. They don't really move, move, right? But they they appear differently in the sky. And so it's important to get the longitude and latitude of where you were born and the time you were born. Very important stuff. So, but it's a snapshot. The planets and everything keep moving. Everything keeps moving. And where the planets are subsequent to your date of birth are called transits. So you've got your astrological chart, and that's where your sun is, right? It's it's stuck right there, the snapshot. But the sun keeps moving, right? And so, you know, in in six months, it's on the other side of the of the chart. It's in Virgo. And then in a year, it comes back around to where it was when you were born, relatively speaking. Well, all the planets do that as they move, as they keep on moving. And sometimes there, there is a very significant indicator. Um, so let's say that, uh, Saturn. Now, Saturn's a fairly slow moving planet. It takes a long time in order to go make a complete circumference of the zodiac. It takes roughly 30 years or so. Now, I'm probably wrong. We'll let someone correct me down the road. But in any event, it takes a while. I think it's 30 years. Um, yeah, it's 30 years. Because of something called the Saturn return. So when Saturn goes all the way around your chart and gets back to where it was when you were born, that's called a Saturn return. And it takes place in 30, 60, 90 years approximately. And each one of those time periods, the 30, 60, 90, each one of those can be very significant. It is a time for change. It is a time to be self-reflective. It is a time where we look back to see whether or not what has worked for us is can, is still working for us. And when I started the astrology, I was about, oh, let's see, 33 years old or so, 34 maybe. Um, so I had just come out of that time period and I did break with my past and I was acknowledging that my life wasn't working and I was looking for something new. Um, that was very interesting to me because that lined up really, really well.
And so he explored that a little bit. But a big thing was to take place that was forthcoming. In the next couple of years, the planet Pluto, which is the slowest moving planet in the zodiac, the planet Pluto, the transit of Pluto, was going to cross over my ascendant line in Scorpio. That ascendant line is the sign that's rising on the horizon at the time you're born. And the planet Pluto, the transiting planet, was going to be crossing that line. And in astronomy, there's something called retrograde motion. And um, because of how the sun, uh, the, um, the Earth orbits the sun, and all the other planets orbit the sun also at different speeds, sometimes the apparent motion of the planet is backwards. So it goes, it, it goes uh, one direction and it stops. Then it turns around and goes, it doesn't really turn around, but it goes the other way for a little while and it stops and then it goes around and does it again, you know, and it can do it a couple of times. When it stops, it's called being stationary. And when it goes backwards, it's called retrograde. And so Pluto was going to, to cross my ascendant a couple of times, very intense times. Now the ascendant, so I'll just give you a real rough idea of what these planets indicate. The sun is our core identity, who we are. The moon tends to be um, our emotional side, where we go for security. Um, it, re can re it can represent our relationship with our mother. And then the, uh, the ascendant or rising sign is the face that we show to the world. It's our persona. And one of the things that we would often talk about when we talked about who we were, what the sun indicated, and the rising sign, that oftentimes what you see wasn't what you get, right? That the face we show to the world isn't really who we are. And that once you get to know us or know me, you learn that I'm not who you, you might have thought I was based on the face that I showed to the world. Now, Pluto is known as the god of the underworld. And as such, Pluto um, is, 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 is fairly ruthless, um, I would say, based on uh, my own experiences, what I went through. Pluto asks for absolute truth and honesty and reveals who we are. Um, the underworld typifies our unconscious, the parts of ourselves that we are unaware of, either because we don't want to know or just because we don't know. It's part, it's just unconscious. It's not part of our awakening, awakened existence. And the Pluto transit, that's what it's called. That's what I was going to be going through on my ascendant has been described in the terms of, a, of an old Babylonian myth. 
It's the myth of the goddess Inanna. And I'll give you just uh, the cliff notes here. But basically, Inanna was the goddess of heaven. And her sister was um, the wife of Hades, god of hell. And he died. And so Inanna wanted to go visit her sister, pay respects. And so she leaves heaven and makes or begins the journey into hell. Well, her sister wasn't really happy to see her at all and made it very, very difficult uh, for Inanna to get down to hell. And so what she did was at very she there were various gates that Inanna had to pass through, and at, at each gate she was asked to remove a piece of clothing until, in order to actually get there, to meet her sister and to pay her respects, she had to be completely naked. That, in essence, was the choice that I had in this Pluto transit. It was something that, um, at least I thought it was a choice. One of the things we talk about in transformational astrology in regards to Pluto, that it will often drag you kicking and screaming into the truth that if we don't decide to work with that energy, um, it can be something that we're presented with anyway in a very uncomfortable fashion. And for me, it was uncomfortable. Um, how do we embrace our unconscious when we don't know what it is? I mean, how, I mean, yeah. So the first thing that had to happen was all this unconscious stuff, stuff I wasn't aware of about me, had to be dragged into the light of my awareness. And it was. It was a very, very difficult time. I learned a lot about me, which was very unpleasant. Um, and uh, it was a time where I really was got very, very depressed. And I remember um, John Ruskell at the time, one of the teachers, he offered me the opportunity for counseling. And so we did. We met, I think, once a week as we worked through this time period. Um, and I survived it. I got through it. And I learned a lot about myself. Um, did I learn it all? Of course not. But I learned enough to know that these were some areas of, of change that I, that I just needed to apply myself to. You know, once I learned something about myself, then it's up to me to take action and see what I can do about it. So that was very, it was a very, very difficult time. But it was a fun time too. We did a lot of fun things. It was during this time that um, Gavin introduced me to the Grateful Dead. I used to go over to his place. We would just hang out, you know, and he would hand draw all these astrological charts. This was the 80s. 
and computers weren't really a big thing. And so there's a book, it's called the, an ephemeris, and it's the position of all the planets um, in the sky every day of the week, uh, every week of the month, every month of the year, every year for a century. Um, lots of information. And so, and it's, and the, the alignments were all Greenwich Mean Time. And so you have to take all those and there's all kinds of different ways of doing it. Um, to figure out where the planets are located in your time zone and at your latitude and longitude. It's a lot of work. Um, and there's a lot of books out there and you can learn how to do it. But anyway, Gavin would, would, uh, in preparation for many of his classes, um, he would draw up these astrological charts. And I'd hang out and we'd listen to, to music, which was almost always the Grateful Dead. A lot of, uh, David Bowie music, uh, some Frank Zappa music, um, which I didn't know much about. And so I learned a lot from Gavin, um, in that respect. So I'd go over there and hang out. I was taking the classes and I was sort of picking his brain about things and, um, Eventually, the time came when Gavin asked me if I wanted to go to New Year's in at the Oakland Coliseum, the Grateful Dead concert. And I thought, you know, why not? This is another new thing. And I remember that I had asked someone that I respected um, about hallucinogenic drugs. You know, growing up in the 60s, I was in uh, junior high in 68, in high school in the 70s, very uh, conservative, religious um, family, but I always was curious about drugs. It was the drug scene. It was the hippies were everywhere, and um, and I always wondered about it, and so I was asking about it, and... Uh, what I was told was that hallucinogenics, mind-expanding drugs, um, when you're ready, they'll present themselves. Uh, well, that's interesting. Um, and sure enough, that's kind of what happened. Um, so during this time period, not only was I doing this transformational astrology, I was doing, you know, Kundalini yoga, and I was I was listening to the Grateful Dead, and uh, hallucinogens came my way. That's a whole other story, um, which I'll tell in a subsequent episode. I would never advocate the use of drugs. I wouldn't go out seeking them, um, and I definitely wouldn't suggest anyone under the age of 30 to do any type of alternate drug use if it's not prescribed by a physician. That's just my opinion. That's what I think. But um, So I'm not suggesting people go out and do that. But that's what happened to me. And I had some very interesting experiences. Anyway, get back to the story. Grateful Dead, um, 
the, some of the lyrics of their songs were very deep and profound. They were very much a part of the Summer of Love in 68. They were part of the Kool-Aid Acid Test with Ken Kesey. Um, in the 60s, uh, they lived in Haight-Ashbury, had a house there, and became very involved in Eastern mysticism. Some of their songs contain lyrics that allude to many of the concepts that we would find in, in Eastern mysticism, Hinduism, Buddhism. Um, which, of course, is something that I ended up studying, checking out down the road. Subjects for another time. But it's been very uh, enlightening, astrology. When I decided to go back to church, which is an episode all on its own, which will come at the end of this entire series, I made some decisions. One of the decisions was that I would put away my astrology stuff and stop using it. Stop looking at it. And I have, for the most part. Every once in a while, when I have an ex uh, a situation in my life that I'm not fully aware of, um, I will often look at the planets just to see if there are some clues as to how I can approach, embrace what I'm going through and make some sense of it. Um, so the skills that I learned, I'm not actively using, but when I hit roadblocks, I sometimes will turn to them for as a tool to help me get past my own um, inability to understand what's going on. There's an old adage that says, as above, so below. Uh, Carl Jung understood astrology um, in, a, in a way that was not causality. It's not like the planets and the stars and the positions cause anything. Um, they, uh, they simply reflect what's going on right here. Carl Jung coined a term synchronicity, and it's when two independent occurrences have significance. And that's kind of how he saw astrology, that the position of the planets, the stars, and all that, the snapshot of your birth, was synchronistic to your life that they were not causality, but they were a significant occurrence. That's how he looked at it, and that's kind of how I look at it. They're not, cause, they're not causal. 
Nothing is causing what's happening. But they can be a wonderful tool to explore what could be the meaning. And the meaning, of course, is something that, that, that I provide or that we provide. We look at the chart. The chart doesn't tell us anything. We look at it and we provide all that information. So um, it's, been, it's been a good journey. It's been fun. And Gavin and I, you know, became pretty good friends. Um, we went and saw, you know, the Jerry Band at the Eel River. That was a lot of fun. We went and saw Edie Brickell uh, when she played the Oakland, what's it called? It's not the, uh, it's the Berkeley, um, oh shoot, what's it called? Oh, the, the Greek Theater in Berkeley. That's what it was. Yeah, that was a very interesting event too. Uh, when we came out of the out of the concert, there had been a riot and there were trash cans on fire, and we figured it. We were thinking about maybe staying at our friend's place there in Berkeley, and we decided it might be better just to we chilled for a while, but just to go on home. You know that was that was a blast, uh, awful lot of fun. I also have some some Grateful Dead tapes that Gavin made and I have in my cassette tape library. One of the cool things about the Grateful Dead is that they would allow people to um, audio tape their shows for free. There was no big secret. You know, there was no confiscation of audio equipment. There was actually a section for the tapers um, so they could get some of the best sound. I've got some of that. That was fun. And he would, Gavin would make me tapes and he would hand draw the, the little inserts. And, um, yeah, I, I treasure those. I, I consider those almost artwork, right? So it was, it was, uh, an instrumental part of my journey. It really catapulted me into the willingness to, um, embrace other things and it's it's funny that during this time was when i was able to move into um, a house with um three other adults uh, i had a, a, a room and uh, one of my housemates named peter uh, was a was a sufi and he suggested that I look at Sufism. And at that time, I said uh, that I wasn't interested in, in Sufism at all. Of course, I didn't know what it was. But I wanted to do things myself and do it my way. So, And as it turns out, Sufism became a large part of my life also. And that will be an episode by itself. So what did I learn? What I learned was, and this is something that's reflected, uh, I know when I had my chat with Brad, and you'll learn when I share my chat with Gavin, that there comes a time when we start making choices that support us in life. And when we do that, events and situations and opportunities 
start showing up that we can then choose to participate in or not. And I'll just add one more thing about something that, that happens to all of us during our lifetime, the Saturn return. And one of the things that happens is as Saturn approaches its return after 30 years is that we have an opportunity to take a look at our lives and make changes. During that time period, which is um, when it crosses and makes contact, it then goes retrograde, is stationary, goes back and forth. When it finally decides to move on and continue its path around the chart, the next 30 years, if we haven't made changes, then there's a strong possibility that what we brought with us from those first 30 years becomes more a part of our next 30 years. And it takes almost another 30 years for an opportunity to let those things go again. So it's just cycles. And it's where they got their the name of their school, the School of Psychological Studies. And it's Cycle, C-Y-C-L-E, Psychological. Um, and Gavin talks about that in our next episode. And I'll just leave you with, with one more uh, life experiences that I got with my friendship with Gavin in astrology. Gavin and his partner, business partner, uh, John Ruskell, developed something called the Star Experience. And we talk about that in our conversation. You'll hear about that next week. But needless to say, what it, I participated in it a lot. Um, and it was part of my journey, very much a part of my journey, to uncover who I was and understand myself. But the cool thing about it was we went to all these really nice, cool places. We went to Harbin Hot Springs. We went up to Tahoe. Um, just lots of cool stuff. So um, I'll just tell one little story. Uh, when we went to Tahoe, it was we got up there, and it was, it was forecast to snow. We knew it was going to snow. Um, got up there, and... Uh, Sure enough, it snowed, and um, we got snowed in, couldn't get home. And uh, I, at the time, I was um, I was driving this yellow Trans Am, and uh, we were just watching the news, waiting for the, the clouds to open up a little bit so we could get down the mountain, and it did. And, and so we were on a, on a rush to... Uh, get down the mountain because we had to put chains on and get back home. And we did. It was fine. But there was another time that I was up in Tahoe when I got snowed in and had to put on chains. And uh, I thought I was nice and clever, and so I had chains with me. Um, but they didn't fit. And I was driving a little Geo Metro convertible this time. And... um I remember driving down the hill. I was I was by myself in the car. Coming down the hill, and um, 
out of the corner of my eye on one side, I see this thing flash past me. Well, those are my chains on one side. And a little bit later, the chains, whoosh, went on the other side. So now I have no chains. And I remember this little Geo Metro convertible, which wasn't a very heavy car, it started to go sideways. It was very, very scary down the, going down the, the hill yeah, with all that snow on the road. I also remember as I'm driving down the road, there was an on-ramp uh, coming onto the freeway. And I remember just looking to my right through the passenger window. And all I could see was a hubcap because this was a snow mover. This was something owned by Caltrans that was coming onto the freeway. And the wheels were so big that the, t the top of the wheel was above the top of my car. And it could, if it was like a snow plow, it could have eaten me easily. Um, so I decided that that's probably not a good thing for me to do. I think that snow driving is something I'll leave to others. But anyway, um, so it's kind of my experience, uh, with astrology. A few years boiled down into, into an hour or so, which is impossible. But, um, it was very much, uh, a good time of my life. It was hard. It was tough. Um, I shed a lot of tears. I, I went through a period of depression. Um, but, uh, with the aid of a counselor, um, I got through it. And I, I guess if there's anything really you take away from it is that there are times in our lives when what we're going through emotionally and psychologically is so heavy and so difficult that it, I think it's important that we reach out for help. Um, there's no shame in that at all. It's a sign of strength to acknowledge that we need help and ask for it. So. I, I guess I would just say that if there's anybody out there that is in that type of a situation to, to please um, muster up the courage to ask for help. In any event, uh, next week, um, I'll share with you my chat with Gavin. It was so much fun. We had so much fun. Um, that after we got done with the recording, uh, he called me back on Zoom and we spent another good hour or two just talking about Scotland, where he lives, and the United States, and what we're all going through globally and uh, locally. And that was just a wonderful time. Um, so I look forward to you to introducing. I look forward to introducing you to my friend Gavin. Okay, till next time.
My Life and Welcome to It is produced by me, Chris Jensen. My technical consultant is David Patterson of Drowning Man Productions. David, along with three others, have a podcast called Wasting All the Time, and they provide improvisational comedy uh, for us to listen to. I would encourage you to check them out. The art for My Life and Welcome to It uh, is drawn by Dave Edwards. And if you're interested in any of other, uh, Dave's other art, um, you can find him on Instagram at EvilDaveTM. You can find this podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And I'd love to hear from you. Um, You can email me at MLAWTI101 at gmail.com. The music for Chasing After God, which is part of my life and welcome to it, is Skywards by Will Van de Cromert. Well, that's all for now. I look forward to spending some time with you again next Saturday. And until then, be safe, be well, and God bless.